Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, an exciting one. We got the big earn himself, Brian McGratton, joining the, uh, the podcast. I'm super pumped. This guy, I, play with, I played against him for how many years? I don't even know. At least five wow. or six. We never tangled yeah. for whatever reason, but arguably the top dog in the league for the better part of a decade. So thanks for joining us, Gratz. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. So we're just talking. You're in Calgary now with your son. He's five. Girlfriend, wife? Wife, yeah. Wife of how many yeah, years? So ten, uh, we've been together for 10. We'll be married for eight this year. So yeah. Nice. How's that going? How's life with the it's wife and good, the kid? It's good, man. I mean, uh, it's good. Obviously, a little different right now, but just, uh, you know, we've gotten used to kind of what the routine is now and... Uh, you know, it's that little guy just trying to keep him busy and keep him engaged. And, and, uh, obviously he was doing a little bit of schooling, right? So he was in, uh, he goes to Montessori. So we've been trying to implement some of that stuff at home throughout the day. Um, even though it's a little bit tougher when you're at home doing school stuff. Yeah. How does that, we, we, we thought about Montessori for those of you who don't know Montessori is the kids kind of go at their own pace, right? Where yeah, the teacher like does different. different- it's a different way of learning with activities and the way they, I can't even really explain what it is, but it's a different, it's a different way. It's just, it was, it's been his second year there. And then next year he'll do full days instead of, instead of kindergarten half mm-hmm. days, he'll do full days. Uh, he loves it. Um, you know, Cam Talbot's kids are in his class. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he loves going and it's, it's kind of the kids meet up once a week on zoom, like we're doing right now and, yeah. teach, and they, they try and do some stuff and then basically more or less the teacher just gets some, so that all the kids can see each other. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's just been a little, obviously a little different for him being a kid, grow, having to grow up in this and trying to understand he's five years old. So he's kind of at the age now where they, they do understand a lot of the things so I'm trying to explain it to them and, why the parks aren't open and they got you know police tape around them and stuff like the the caution tape it looks like police tape but (laughs) yeah the same things here i tell my kids the big thing is germs so everywhere we're going we're like can we go to the park i'm like we can't go to the park and so i have five kids and my younger ones go why dad is the germs i'm like yeah germs you guys like i'll run to the store and grab some groceries like we go i'm like no like germs again like yep germs you guys can't go anywhere it's even that stuff so even when we do we've been doing store runs just one of us right and he doesn't understand why he can't come in 
so I kind of I folded the other day. We we're driving by Cabela's, and I went into Cabela's. I brought them in, <laughs> but they're, you know, it's they're like the store's gigantic, and they only allowed fifty people in the store, right? And, yeah, you know, they have all the uh, like the arrows, which yeah. way you can stores now. So basically, you follow those arrows, you don't see another person. And, <laughs> uh, so it was the first time he actually got them out go to the store with me in like eight weeks so he was kind of pumped about that <laughs> i took all i took all five of mine we had like a little corner general store i was like you know you guys have been good we'll go and buy you some bubble gum so i took them all five in mine are like eight six so i got twins that are four and a two-year-old and so we roll oh. into this store i'm like oh it'll be fine we get in there there's like turkeys on the wall they're stuffed yeah. and my, my one daughter's like oh that's awesome look at that turkey look at that turkey and the guy's like you want to see something real cool i'm like no no we don't he's like check the cooler we go we're going the back he's like showing them dead turkeys hanging in the cooler and stuff <laughs> they're touching dead turkeys there's like four or five guys in there hanging their stuff i'm like what is happening here like, just <laughs> this is like right in the middle of the coronavirus like Dude, i'm a terrible father but they survived <laughs> it's just really funny where where are you at I'm in Michigan, Traverse City, Michigan. Oh, cool. You ever been there? It's a kind of a hockey town. They do a prospect camp here. I, I went to camp at Detroit ah. when I was like 19 or 20. And they, I think they still have a tournament up there. Yeah, they do camp here for a few days and they do their prospect yeah, so stuff up here. For like 10 days or seven days or 10 days for a rookie camp, rookie tournament they had in Traverse City. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your hockey. So, we were talking before you came on. I, we had never met before this. I like, yeah. I I've seen you in the rink. We've crossed paths in Nashville a couple of times where we just kind of stone eye each yeah. other. We're like, I, yeah. I'm a badass. You're, you're super tough. Like no one's yeah. going to flinch. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so funny. Yeah. You it's grew- like with most guys. <laughs> it's terrible. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's McGrath. And I want to say hi, but I can't. Cause I got to like maintain yeah, this. Like, oh, I'm yeah, so tough. It's, yeah. It's stupid. So you grew up in Hamilton. I was a St. Catharines kid. We never played against each other, but you went to the OHL and you played for like seven teams or five teams. How many teams did you play for during your career? I played for four my last year when I was a 20-year-old. How does that happen? It was brutal. Well, I missed this half, the, about three quarters of the season before I had a real bad knee injury and I had like complete knee reconstruction. And then I came back and I was on Mississauga and, and at the, those were the days in Mississauga. Like they were bad, like really bad. Yeah. And we were not even less than 10 games into the season. They traded me for two young guys. That was, that was an overage. I was like, uh, kind of whatever. I got traded to Owen Sound. I was choked about that. Was and Owen Sound good or no? They weren't good. And it's, it's not, it wasn't a great, place to play right it was 20 i'm like oh my god yeah, Owen sounds terrible I was, <laughs> I was there for a couple weeks and i just called my hate i'm like bud you got to get me out of here and i only played uh two games and i got traded back to uh i got traded to oshawa and the coach in oshawa was the coach i had when i was in guelph my rookie year and he's like listen you've been on the move a little bit here the last couple months and you know coming off almost like a you missed the full season with the knee injury. It's been pretty tough go here. And this is only in like November. And uh, he's like, I'm not going to move you. You'll be here the rest of the year. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, trade deadline calls. And I, back then, we that was in 2001. Like guys on 
like there might have been one cell phone on the team, right? Yeah. And uh, and I knew I knew exactly why they they're like we'd like you to come down to the rink. I'm not stupid. It's a trade deadline day. Yeah. And uh, it's like we moved you to Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie is actually really there. And I was like, man. And I and I snapped. I just basically told him to go himself and whatever and slam the door and I just called my parents and said I'm done man I'm done playing like this is just this is just too tough like I'm not going to finish up and see St. Marie I just got traded four times in one year <laughs> um, you know I grew up in all my family's all steel workers I'm like I'll just go work at the steel company man start now and you know all my all my like my dad, my grandparents all started when they were 18. They all worked there for like 50 years. And yeah. I'm like, we'll do that. And then, you know, we had a really good team in the Sioux, like Trevor Daly, Jeff Carter, Ray Emery. Oh, um, wow. Oh, so there's another, we had a couple other guys that, that, that were really good. Um, that, that were high draft picks too. And, uh, they all called me and said, listen, we're in first place. We got a really good team. We needed to come. We need the presence. We need all that stuff. And Ray's like, you know, you're gonna live with me. It'll be a ton of fun. I'm like, all right. And I and I knew Ray a little bit. From, we were from he's from Cayuga, so just outside of Hamilton. He's a little bit younger than me, but we knew each other. And uh, he's like, you're gonna move in with me. I'm like, perfect. So I got there, moved in with Ray, and you know, I was there for about a week. And he just signed his call. He was a draft pick of Ottawa, so he just signed his deal with Ottawa this entry-level contract when I was about a, about a week or two weeks in when I was staying with him. So it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you get close to a guy, living with him, finish the year off. Our team kind of shit the bed in the playoffs, got beat. We were one of the best teams in the league, got beat in the first round. And then just kind of went throughout the beginning of that offseason and summer. I signed an East Coast League deal in Toledo, and uh, I didn't have anything NHL or American League. At the end of that summer, Ottawa called – um and offered they just said hey we got two spots left we want to fill for our uh, rookie tournament in hall it's kind of the same type deals in traverse city i think there were yeah. 16 and i'm like perfect and then did junior you know i fought and fought a little bit and well, you know you don't really know what you are in junior everybody thinks you're completely different than whatever <laughs> was the was the o like the dub back then because we it, just it, we just talked to Mac and he just listed off every tough guy in the NHL who we fought in the dub. Yeah, it was a little different than the WHL. The WHL was it was uh, there's some heavy. It was a zoo, was yeah. Heavy duty compared to what the OHL was. Now there were still tough guys. I would I wouldn't consider myself a legit heavyweight. We didn't we didn't have them like the WHL. But anyways, I was. Oh, I would have fought. It was tough, whatever, but nothing. I never really saw it as a career path. And, um, you know, I get this trial with Ottawa. I'm like, well, I got to do something to stand out. And I fought every single game. And uh, I don't even know if I really won, really lost, but I showed them I was willing to do it. And, and at that time, you had to uh, be invited to main camp. Not all the young kids got invited. Yeah. From that rookie camp so basically it was your first round picks and whatever your top european signings that could have been a 20 year old or whatever so it was like me jason spezza antoine vermette anton volchenkov ray emery 
Christoph Schubert. So these are all guys I played in Ottawa with down the road, but those are the guys that I got invited with over that, that tournament. Went to main camp. I was there for a cup of coffee, got sent to Binghamton. And uh, at main camp, there were, I think, three or four injuries on the big team. So three or four guys from Binghamton had to stay for an ex- like extensive period of time. Like, I mean, some guys are there for two weeks, three weeks, and a month. So it gave wow. me an opportunity to go to Binghamton and, and get a to chance to crack the roster, and I did. Um, and I signed American League East Coast League deal that year at the, with Binghamton. I had, I had a pretty good year, decent year. I had 20 points and like, I think, 25 fights in the American League. Start did you ever play in the coast at all? No, never. 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 And I had 25 solid losses in all those fights. <laughs> American <laughs> League was stupid back then. Uh, that was in 2002. Like, it was really – it was stupid. Um, but that's how I think I got as I got good was I thought the guys in the American League were tougher and better fighters than the guys in the NHL at that time, and I got to fight them two or three times a week for three years, and I think that's why I became such a good fighter in the NHL because of the guys I fought weekly in the American League. That's crazy. I mean, look at Tim. You got some? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the 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 pims you were putting up at at every level, even going back to the OHL. Did you get a sense that you were sort of like, as you were progressing through these leagues in your career, did you get a sense that your your reputation was preceding you a little bit, that you were kind of getting known as one of the heavyweights? Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, but like fighting-wise, I was never like, I was, you know, we're always, I was always one of the bigger guys, right? So you kind of, <laughs> by default, you're your you're target. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, as I got better, and, and I was always, you know, for the PIMS, games get out of control. I'd just go and run someone and cross-check <laughs> someone in the head and tell the ref to go f*** himself. 20 Dude, minutes right? there. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Because you see you're down 5-1, I'll set the tone here. I'll go rack up about 25 PIMS here in the last five minutes <laughs> that's uh, it's so funny that that's because uh, i had that mindset too i'm like we're gonna lose let's let's get something so i can you know do something during this game i'll, I'll get At a least, 10 and yeah, a five stand out like, yeah it's a practice the next day or you're the guy that did something <laughs> exactly it's so funny the mindset's like eh, i'm gonna get some pims here Whatever. yeah <laughs> and you had that one season that you set the ahl record with 551 pims in one season i mean what what was in the water that year for you I think 43 or 44 majors, but there were, I had a couple spearing. That's incredible. Spear 44 majors. So you could wipe that one off. But like 42 fights or 41 fights. I had two spearing majors in that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I beat Dennis. So Dennis Bombi is – kind of the guy that took me under his wing when I came into Binghamton. He was the previous record holder. I think it was, it was 522. And how do you – like, does that hurt your body, 44 fights in a year? Yeah, like, what do you I do? Really know, I don't really know how I did it. And But this, the, the crazy thing is there was probably six or seven guys uh, above 33 or 34 fights. That's insane, man. Like, like there, there is probably seven or eight of us that were from 30 to into the 40s. And then in the A, you're not playing every team in the league. We're all in the same conference. Yeah. You play those guys like eight times a year, ten times a year. Yeah, because you played in it. 
Like I played in Binghamton, so you played Syracuse 10 times, Rochester 10 times, Wilkes-Barre 10 times, Albany 10 times. They all had two, three guys per team. That's incredible. Yeah, so it's – yeah, but that's how that was achievable in those days. You couldn't do it now. Well, because you have the 10-fight rule now in the American League, so anything above that's a game. You wouldn't be able to find 44 guys to fight. There's nobody who fights anymore. Like I watched that league pretty – like I'm down there once a month. So I probably watch once or twice a month. I probably watch six or seven American league games a month. And I've, I don't know if I saw two fights this year. That's insane. That's a, that's a big change. That's like, there used to be three, four, five fights a game when I played. No, game. it's not like that anymore, man. It's not like that. There's but none. It's you're down like, there. You're scouting for the flames, right? Yeah, because I work in player development, so mm-hmm. like you know, when I'm down there with uh, with Stockton, I'll I'll do a bit of pro scouting. I'll put in some reports and and whatnot, mm-hmm. and you know, if there's free agents, whatever, on the other team, I'll and I'll also do our guys. But you know, it's just such a change in that league from when I was there. It's like, oh, I look around the dressing room and I'm like, half these kids. Are call their parents at Halloween and say, you know what, this isn't for me. They were in the era I came in. Like, I'm not doing this. Like this is stupid. Do you think it's better <laughs> off or worse now? Uh you know what the more I've been around it, I I think it's better off just on the fact that the kids the, these kids and prospects come in don't know how to do it because it's been taken out at lower levels. Yeah. I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous for guys that don't know how to do it, you know, because it, it takes one slip, fall, awkward, whatever. Someone could die, you know, hit your head wrong and, and stuff. So I'm, I would, I would be kind of just because the guys don't learn it. Like guys did back in our era where guys were 13, 14 years old, you know, starting a midget, it would happen. You know, they had a positions on guys in whatever level, junior, junior C, junior B, junior A, tier yeah. two, OHL, where guys learned how to do it. And and it wasn't just the fighter on the team. The top scorer knew how to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, now, for sure. Now guys, because it's taken out at every level, uh, younger, that guys don't know how to do it. And I've seen in fights when I have watched them at various levels, I'm like – even I'm like a, a big fight fan. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, this isn't going to end well. I kind of put my hand over my face. I'm just waiting for these guys to slip and fall, and like they're just ugly. They're not even entertaining to watch. They're just ugly, and that's for the. And then you're just going to wait for the media to jump on it when someone gets seriously injured, right? Because it's the easiest thing. It's always been the easiest thing to target in the game, even though it's still around. Um, I just think it's time. I think I think the guys that do it now are putting a big shit stain on the guys that did it in the past, and it's time to... Really? You think they should just get it out of the game totally? Yeah, I don't. I'm just... Because I don't think it has a place. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it does where if there's a reaction. But even now you'll see it. But I'd go watch the Toronto Maple Leafs. Someone will two-hand Austin Matthews and nobody even does anything. I know, right? nothing. So it's like – and that's the spot I believe it has always had a place where if someone's going to run your, your, your 
whatever top defenseman, yeah, your somebody. leading scorer, your your young skilled prospect, and it's game on for anybody to get him. But that doesn't even happen now, right? If you watch in the games, there's guys taking full on like runs and and real chintzy stick plays on real high end players where they can really get hurt. Nobody does anything. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. I actually watched Madden on ESPN, it's very exciting. The, the video game. You can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Eat those hot dogs. All open 24 hours a day and all online. You got to go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. I think, see, I, I, I see that stuff. I think it's going to swing back the other way where a star guy is going to get really hurt. Like someone like it, it happened to McDavid. He broke his leg when he went into the boards. Yeah. Like if, that if was he, good sauce too. Yeah. Like I, I think it's going to happen a couple of times where someone's going to get really hurt. It's going to affect the league. And then the league hopefully will open its eyes. The GMs and they'll be like, listen, we got to get some of these big boys back in the league. That's where I hope it goes. But yeah, you're right with these guys in the league nowadays. They just kind of, they do take a kind of shit on us, the way they act and the way they fight a little bit. I never even oh, thought yeah, of that. They do, yeah. I mean, like the heavyweight now, I don't even know who it would be. It would be Reeves, probably. The guy that would get laughed at. <laughs> right? And I'm not saying I'm not, you know, putting Ryan Reeves down, but. He wouldn't Ryan be in Reeves. the top 10 Ryan Reeves, 15 I, years I ago. Think, I think Ryan Reeves is a tough kid. I think he's tough. But Ryan Reeves wouldn't even be in the top 50 when I broke into hockey. Yeah. Maybe 60. And, yeah. and that's just the way it was. And I, would I consider myself in that mix? Maybe not, but I battled my way to get into it. But, um, you know, but to have a guy like that, I think is valuable now because if you look at, we got Luch, they got Reeves. These guys can play 8 to 10, 12 minutes yeah. so they're effective players and they can bring that extra element that teams are and guys are afraid of because nobody can do it anymore. And those that's where I think it's a little bit more valuable. You know, there's only two or three guys that can do it now in the league that can play that are valuable because if you're going to have a guy in the lineup that's going to play 40 games a year at five to seven minutes a night – they're not wasting the roster spot on that. Unfortunately, it's just the way it's, the league's gone. That's what I I'm know. talking about. I, I, I hate It's even in the American League. We're not wasting the roster spot for it. I hate so. that they call it a waste of a roster spot because it's not I like, know. you know, it's not like we were just these doofuses who couldn't skate. Like you could play. You were a top scorer in juniors and when you were growing up. I was a decent defensive and halfway decent. But it's we just, were, uh, you know, we're big. I thought we were big 
parts of the team, right? With yeah. The, in the, room, the guy that everybody loves, the big guy that comes in, whatever. He hasn't played in five games, but he's still got a smile on his face and stuff. Like, I think that's very important stuff. But yeah. the way it gets viewed on the outside is not like that, right? And, uh, but they just, the, 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 mentality now is is speed skill that's unfortunately the way it's gone um like if you look at there's still teams that have those hard heavy lines like i think st louis is where they got that hard third and fourth lines those guys that play mean they play heavy um but you know 95 percent of the league is little skilled dudes that are going 100 miles cr- an hour that can kill penalties and it's crazy because we other- like we used to make fun of that like with the european teams we're like look yeah. at these guys skating around like figure skaters like that used yeah. to be the one knock against yeah. the european and now that's what we are it is the game's totally yeah. changed so because even the guys on your fourth line have to play some sort of special teams like it's crazy the amount of guys on the on the roster that um, you have to play if you want ice time. You got to be able to play another part of the game, and yeah. it was never really like that, right? And you know, your guys that are on your fourth line sometimes are your most valuable penalty killers, and that's why they're in the lineup sometimes. And uh, you know, back when I was playing, fourth line didn't go near a power play or a penalty kill for. <laughs> A decade. The best right? is when they would do the meetings. I read yeah. the power play, the penalty kill in the video room. It would be me yeah, and the goalie sitting in the locker room. Be the fourth line in there. It'd be the three of us by ourselves looking at each other. It's so funny. Like, yeah. I don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> it was and, great. Uh, yeah, but now it's like if you look at most teams and you go up and down the lineups, their fourth line players are sometimes in the lineup because they are very valuable penalty killers. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. Tim, you still there? Yeah, you know, Brian, I want to bring it back to some of the uh, your career a little bit and asking, you know, you broke in finally with Ottawa back in around 05, I think it was. I mean, yeah, 2005. Yeah, what was it like? I'm looking at that roster, just being in a, a room full of guys, many of them are on their way to the Hall of Fame if they're not there already. Yeah. What was yeah. it like as a kid looking around playing with those guys? Yeah, it was, you know what, you know, this, you know, being in the organization for three years up until that point, having a chance to to go to camp with those guys and then, you know, coming off that, that crazy year I had in the American League. And one of my, my thoughts before that league was, you know, the Sens were always – pegged as a super soft team that's why they never won Toronto used to beat the shit out of them you know D- Tucker Domi Carson um, they used to abuse the sets and uh, I figured you know I'm probably the up-and-coming heavyweight here now after I have a couple good years in the American League and went and had a great camp um, and uh, it was my first year of waiver eligibility right so I'm like you know coming off that year slash if I just pump everybody in training camp, I'm not going to get sent down because somebody will grab me on waivers. And, uh, you know, I had a great, uh, had a great pre, I think I played nine preseason games at night fights and uh, <laughs> made the, uh, made the sends and opening night. It was wicked because I, I grew up a Leaf fan from Hamilton, grew up a Leaf fan. And uh, my first game was in the uh, ACC 
Saturday night hockey night in Canada against the Leafs. And then, um, you know, I lived in the hotel for about uh, five or six weeks. And then we came back to Toronto and I fought Ty Domi. And I had the letter that's back in the days where we used to get our housing letter. I don't know if they still do. I don't know how they do it now. Uh, but in my little mail slot, I had my housing letter the next morning to get my own place. So that kind of means that you've made the team. <laughs> the, the best feeling you can have. It is the greatest feeling because, you know, after being in the NHL and being in there for a while, you see guys that literally will come and live in the hotel for four months, straight four months and, where they have girlfriend, family, kids, it doesn't matter. And it's, it's, uh, don't worry, don't get me wrong. It's a great way to live, but it's also tough because you're, you don't know every morning could be your, the morning you walk into the rink and say, okay, you're going back down yeah. to whatever minor league city. You don't know. And, um, to actually have that, um, a bit of clarity, you know, five or six weeks into my, my rookie year, you know, it was pretty awesome. The team I was on was great. Like I said, that 05-06 team, if you look at that team, it's like an all-star team in Ottawa. I don't know how we didn't win uh, that year, but we ended up going to the finals the next year. But that year, I thought we had a better team. It kind of hurt getting, um, you know, Hassett got hurt at the Olympics, which really hurt us. Uh, but Ray went in. Ray was fine. But, you know, he had Dominic Hassett, who could have been the guy leading the charge going into the, the playoffs. But um, – yeah, it was good. I mean, and, and especially to crack a team like that um, and, and play there all year. And then same next year, we didn't lose too many guys. We lost Chera. And, but, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to go to the even well, you didn't win, to have the experience going to the Stanley Cup finals the following year, would be something I would never forget. That's cool. Did you play in the finals at all? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't play in the finals. I should have because we played the Ducks and they kicked the shit out of us. No, was Peros had, was Peros on their team playing at that time? Yes, we had Peros, Brad May, and Sean Thornton. Were and they were all dressed. They were all dressed, yeah. And they did not dress you. Crazy. No. Murray, big yeah. mistake. Anyways. Well, especially at home. Like, yeah. At home. Like, because we went down 0-2. And, you know, you put me in at home, I could have fought one of their guys like five minutes into the game. Could have, you know shifted the tide a little bit for the home ice because you get the fans into it and and whatever gives our guys a, a little bit of balls right but we lost i'm a true believer we lost that series because we were scared oh for sure without scared. a doubt Docs killed us they like they sammy paulson's line sammy paulson travis moen and um rob niedermeyer ate that first line alive like they were terrified to go on the ice and that line killed the, that third line just ate our top guys up. Did you ever have a, um, a talk with the coach? Like, listen, put me in there. Like uh, I'll turn the tide. Oh, I was, yeah, I was too young. I was, or just... Maybe I would say that would be one of my things I that I never done. Maybe I should have back then as I never, ever would have went in and said, put me in. I just kind of yeah. always kept shut and stayed quiet i figured you know if i'm just quiet and not a pain in the ass and yeah so yeah i, I wouldn't have done it either but yeah i'm uh i just it's interesting when you see your Looking team back, just getting ran yeah 
was uh was was chris neal someone that kind of took you under his wing and showed you what it took to be a fighter and stick in the nhl yeah you know me and neil are going along great um i think having when i came in i think he liked having me come in because i i fought everyone don't get me wrong chris neal's chris neal's tough chris neal's had over three twenty five hundred penalty minutes in that league uh i don't think anybody will ever do that again played a thousand games there but I think when I came in, it, it gave Neeler a chance to – it obviously bumped him up in the lineup and gave him a chance to play a little bit more. Um, and he, he took full advantage of it, man. He was a physical force. He's one of the best hitters I've ever played with, maybe the best hitter I've ever played with, and super tough. You know, he had a guy that he's fought 25, 30 times a, a year in that league, like a consistent 200-penalty-minute guy. Um, so yeah, I mean we had a we had a good relationship there for sure. He took the load off him too. He's not a heavyweight. Like I I feel he's like not, he probably yeah, he's really not a heavyweight, but he fought the heavyweight. Right? Yeah. So you kind of just helped him out even more, where he could focus on the middleweight guys because he's yeah. a he's a tough kid, but he can't fight the heavyweights and like well he right. could, but he, yeah, he was like he was like you know whatever before I got there they they go on a western swing he'd fight Chris Simon yeah George Rock and uh, and Neilers six feet hundred and you know, 195, 200 pounds, right? Fighting guys that are 6'4", 260. Yeah, he needed – he probably loved when they got you, man. He was like yeah, jackpot. So I think, yeah, like you said, it alleviated a lot of the, the, the stuff for him. Yeah, for sure. So a guy who you fought when I was playing at the time who I absolutely despise is Sestito. Yeah. What's your thoughts on him? I was so happy when you beat him up twice when, you're, when he yeah, was in Vancouver. Yeah. See, the thing is, I, I've never been a guy to celebrate. I never. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I've i done it very, I can count all the times in my hand when I've done it. So I've always felt like if you're a top guy, you don't need to promote to, to be flailing the arms around and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're the best. And in time, that stuff will come back to bite you if you do. But when we did, and I hate Vancouver too. So uh, we both got – I got traded back to uh, Calgary, and he got picked up off waivers by Vancouver. And I always felt like he was a spot picker, and and he would catch guys in vulnerable positions, whether it be to hit them or to fight them, to catch guys at the end of shifts and fight them and pump them and then start flailing the arms like he's the champ, right? So that stuff really, really bugged me, like really bugged me. Because I have chased when I have asked him to fight before. And he's like, no, I can't tonight, man. No, no, no. I'm like, yep. fuck. And the first time I fought him in Calgary when he was on Vancouver, I asked him to fight earlier in the game. I knew he was going to say no. I'm like, you motherfucker. Anyways, Bob Hartley was actually a pretty smart coach and how if you were down in the game, he – wouldn't match like first line against first line so he kept putting us against the Sedines, right yeah uh, it was in calgary and i just absolutely late <laughs> it was a little bit late and just cry and i'm like mother doesn't have to fight he's gonna have to fight now or he's going home like he's going home he might not even go on the team bus after the game <laughs> uh-huh. if he doesn't fight me now right so that's like just it was right in front of their bench and uh, sure enough, four or five shifts later, once the lines rolled through the whatever, he comes out. He's like, "We're going." I'm like, "Perfect." And then I beat him. <laughs> and then, 
it was in front of our bench. So I looked over and they kind of looked in front of the whole grandstand. I'm not one for selling because I didn't even know what to do. And uh, I looked at the whole grandstand. I did like a salute thing. Yeah. It's actually really cool. Like the pictures and stuff were really neat. And the fans loved it. It was like my signature move here, man. And I only, I only did it once. I didn't want to overkill it and do it every time. And, you know, for the rest of my time playing here, that, that, uh, that celly really stuck with me. Uh, and then he's mother the bench and all that stuff. You, you show me up. I'm like showing you up, I'm like showing you up. If you were someone else, I, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So that's showing you up. And then the best part is I just beat the bag out of him every time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand that guy. The same thing with me. I would ask him to go even with juniors to be like, Oh, my hand's broke. And then he'd fight somebody else or this and that. And yeah, he'd and jump then he'd to me. Catch, because then he'd catch someone with, four minutes left in the game yeah. knowing that he was done you wouldn't have to come back and get you yeah I, I, I drove the best. there's only he was there's only two or three guys who i really really did not like and he was one of them top of the list i always, everyone asked me who did you not like i'm like sustito he's a piece of garbage hated him still do to this day yeah <laughs> just can't stand the guy i've never met him but uh, me too like but i i haven't either and uh it's it was the same thing for me yeah all right one more hockey one then We'll transition, but the the thing with Tortorella, Columbus Blue Jackets. What happened with that? I I uh, was in the south, so I didn't I didn't see the game or anything. What was going on? It uh, <clears throat> so we were on like an eight game losing streak, and uh, we were in San Jose the game before, and our line had a goal and an assist, and we got to Vancouver. We didn't we didn't practice because we played whatever didn't have a morning skate got to the rink and uh bob called the fourth line in. and he's like listen you guys had a good game the other night you're the only line that hasn't quit here in the last couple of games um you haven't started the game all year and uh, i'm gonna start you guys tonight i think you deserve to start and uh he just left at that we left that little coaching room in Vancouver in the back room there, and I just got the guys together. I'm like, listen, boys, they start their fourth line. Let's just fight them. Who else was and on your line? It was me, Kevin Westgarth, Blair Jones, oh. uh, Chris Butler. I forget who the other D was, but they were like two D that didn't fight. And uh, I said, let's just fight them. Who cares? If we lost nine, who cares if we lose ten? We're not all <laughs> So we all kind of went through who we were going to fight and we picked out. I'm like, oh, my boys know who I got. And then we're like, they called this big kid up from the minors on van. I'm like, Westy, you get him. Blair Jones, I'm a Jonesy, you fight Dale Weiss. And then the D can fight each other. And if the goalies want to fight, you guys can go. So we kind of planned on how we were going to do it. And then I didn't know that kid was a centerman, right? So <laughs> Kevin Westgarth goes to take the draw. He's never taken a draw. He's like, he's holding his stick like a golf club. And the, um, the ref didn't know what to do. Like the ref didn't know how to drop the puck where he was in. Cause then he had Bieska coming in and out of the draw to fight. And it's weird. Cause me and Bieska grew up together since we were like eight years old. They're like mm. really good friends. Right. <laughs> and Bieska's coming in, um, in and out of the draw. I don't know if he wanted to fight Westy or was trying to break out. Anyways, ref drops the puck, full on five on five brawl. We all go to the box and everybody gets kicked out but me because I technically my gloves hit the ice first, so I was the first fight. Everybody <laughs> no was kidding. That's funny. Fight, right? So 
the other uh the other four guys per team got kicked out but me and Sestito and um anyways the period ends I don't think anything of it nothing Shane O'Brien I'll never forget Shane O'Brien was in front of me he walked in the room first and then the coaches walked in between us in the room and then I got nudged and I'm like what the hell I looked down it's torts he's like fuck you Bob I'm gonna kill you you're dead I'm gonna kill you Bob (laughs) and I was like and it was like right in the doorway and you know I just stiff-armed him out on the hallway but you can't really see it the glove dryers were there right so i kept pressing them into the the glove dryers and he was snapping nobody had a clue that that camera was there because i guess they only put that camera there for hockey night in canada so if that wasn't hockey night in canada that wouldn't there would have been no footage of the hallway stuff because when i had him pinned straight out right i'm like his question comes like should i hit him like should i just drop him and uh I kind of peeked down both hallways for a camera that would be maybe hanging yeah. half of it. And we, nobody had any idea that it was that roof camera that caught everything. If it was like a Wednesday night game, there's no way that would have. Uh, I think you would have been fine popping them with a left or something. I, yeah, it was, I gave a couple really good stiff, like, really good straight arms. <laughs> I would have, you would have been the hero for so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I that, just started dummying oh, boards. That guy bag skated me for so many months. I could not stand him. I would have loved where, it. Where where'd you have him? With uh, the Rangers. Oh, in New York, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because he's like Mr. When I was in New York, he started our fourth line to fight the Devils, the line brawl. So I don't yeah. know why he would be so worked up about that. He yeah. loves fighters. I don't get it. Because he said in the you know, on the post-game presser, he's like, you know, I can't have my guys in my torts. You think I would ever jump Daniel or Henrik Sedin? Like, come on, bud. Nobody no jumps way. skill guys. No <laughs> way. We would have, whatever, had our shift, went off the bench and then fought your guys in the third shift of the game instead of the first. It was coming. Whatever yeah. shift we, we would have went out against them, we, was, we were fighting them. What did you think when I jumped Kessel? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it was preseason. Did he, whack, didn't he whack you? He whacked me out. I was trying to grab him. He was whacking away. It was preseason. I was yeah, trying to send a message to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, and preseason. David Clarkson, he, he cost him about five hundred k. I know, ruined his Toronto career. But oh man! Anything else, Tim? No, this is great. Thank you for coming on, Brian. This is a blast. Yeah, no problem, bud. All right, grats. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot. Bri- dropping the gloves to Brian McGrath, and I love it. Thanks, Awesome, boys. One. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts hats hoodies and so much more and please please leave a review on apple Podcasts. it's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love thanks and see you next time